500 million visits a month and the five stages of a content marketing strategy that Marcus Sheridan used. Episode 42. Let's do it. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Beso, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and online marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, amigos? Welcome back to the Rebel Growth Podcast and to the first episode of December 2016 is already here, or it's almost here. And I hope that you have started planning for your business at least for the first quarter of next year. Start doing your roadmaps, your to-do list, planning for masterminds or whatever it is that you want to accomplish next year. You know, every time that a new year comes, it's like pushing the reset button, having more motivation and it's like having a second chance to do Whatever that you feel didn't go right this year, you can do it again next year. Or you do new things with with higher success rates, however you want to look at it. Now, today's episode is kind of related to, to this because I have Marcus Sheridan, also known as The Sales Lion. And we're going to talk about five stages of a content marketing strategy that can help you achieve a lot of traffic and how you can you should go about it in order to you know achieve success with a new strategy and implement it through next year for your business. Listen all the way to the end of the podcast and you're going to learn how Marcus was able to reach half a million visits with this strategy, right? With these five stages that he's, he's going to talk about. Now, without any further ado, let's get right into the interview with Marcus. So, Marcus Sheridan, man, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here, man. And hopefully, uh, in this short little time, that I'll, I'll say something that resonates with uh, with your peeps. I know you will. <laughs> uh, so, before we uh, we started our Spanish speaking classes, <laughs> mm-hmm. we were talking about uh, content marketing and how it it I mean how how long it usually takes people to to see results or because a lot of people don't understand the whole concept or don't understand what they're going to get from it and and how long it's going to take. But before we get to that, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little about who you are and what you do. Well, uh, a lot of people know me from my original story of content marketing success, and that was with this uh, company that I still own today. It's called River Pools. And so here's the quick 101. I started that company in 2001 with a couple of friends uh, building in-ground pools around Virginia and Maryland here in, in the U.S. And um, things were going okay up until November, October, November 2008. That's when the market crashed here in the States and uh, people just couldn't get loans for pools and they didn't have any confidence and uh, luxury spending just went out the door. So uh, we were on the brink of going out of business and filing for bankruptcy by January 2009. That's when I really discovered... We started thinking hard about the internet, started researching, started hearing phrases like content marketing, about marketing, social media marketing, you name it, you know, blogging, all these things. And so I said, well, I'm looking at all these fancy phrases, but essentially what I'm seeing, what I'm reading is if I'm willing 
to talk about the questions that my prospects and customers have. If I'm willing to do it on my website through text and video. And if I'm willing to do it prolifically and consistently and be honest about all the stuff that I do, I just might earn more trust, more traffic, more leads, and ultimately more sales. And so that's what we did. We turned our site essentially into what became a Wikipedia of fiberglass pools and buying a fiberglass pool. And today it's most traffic swimming pool website in the world. And it gets about a half a million visitors a month. And because of the success that I had with, with River Pools, I just started writing about it on my other company site, which is at the time was just a personal blog that became um, you know, quite a business, which is the Sales Lion. And uh, so there I just started saying, hey, I'm doing this with my pool company. It's working. Here's how it's working. Here's some cool things that we're doing. And uh, the Sales Lion community grew. And I started getting asked to speak places. And I uh, started being asked to consult with companies. And so that's what I do today. I travel uh, all over the world. And I speak about uh, sales and marketing, digital consumer content, things like that. And uh, work with companies, uh, businesses, and brands alike to help them uh, just really improve their communication online, earn trust uh, with the power of, of amazing teaching and great information. And it's a wonderful story. And it's been an amazing ride. So you pretty much have the perfect story of how someone becomes uh, an influencer in the business industry. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's. I think what the the biggest thing that's helped me is is the concept of a swimming pool and a swimming pool company and right. using the internet is so simple that people say, "Wow, that that just it just resonates." You know, and they get it, and everybody can put their arms around, they can understand it. So you said half a million visits to a pool website, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, per month. Mo most of it, most of it from from content marketing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all of it's 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 um about ninety something percent is organic. Oh, that's awesome. That's so impressive because of the uh, the niche, you know, because of the product. Yeah, you know, and it's it's just one of those things where. We just, but but keep in mind, we talked about things that nobody were willing to talk about. I mean, just let me give you just a couple quick examples. Go ahead. Um, so n six years ago, no pool guy had ever addressed on their website how much does a fiberglass pool cost. And not only did we address the question, but we just, you know, we talked about what, what drives it up, what drives it down. We put numbers. We really, really aggressively addressed it versus hiding it, not, or waiting till we were talking with the prospect and, that article alone, because we have advanced analytics, we use HubSpot in our case, but we can track how many sales we've gotten from that one single article. That one single article has made us over $3 million in additional revenue we never would have had. We also did things like, you know, you th I was looking at, um, you know, sites like uh, Yelp or Yahoo Answers and all these things, and consumers, they tend to ask very specific questions. In fact, what I found is there's five subjects that move the needle in every single industry. I don't care what it is that you sell, whether it's a service or a product. So people ask cost questions. They ask problem-based questions like, if I buy that, what are the issues with? You know, So they want to know if there's anything wrong with the thing. Right. They ask comparison-based questions. So they compare your company with another company, your product with another product, your method with another method, on and on and on, your widget with another widget. They ask review-based questions, and they ask best-of questions like, you know, what is the best type of in-ground swimming pool for a small backyard? <laughs> okay, that's an example of the way people think, and so especially when they're getting ready to buy something. And so we focused on what I call today those big five. We did it prolifically. We compared manufacturers. We did review articles of our competitors that were down the street. Now, keep in mind, we never said bad things about the competition, but we talked about the competition all day on our website. 
we've made hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars just from talking about the competition openly and honestly. And uh, it makes certainly the competition scratch their head. But uh, that's the type of stuff we did that at the time nobody was nobody was considering anything like that. It's pretty innovative. So <laughs> were you were you I mean were you talking were you saying like good stuff about them or were you just comparing? You know, we were just speaking the facts. You know, like so. Let me give you an example. Our philosophy became they ask you answer. So in other words, if anybody asked me a question, especially if I was on a sales call, then I would make a mental note and I would write it down. And so people used to ask me because, you know, they would trust me, but consumers do this because oftentimes they get a couple quotes for a pool. They would say, so Marcus, we like you. We think we probably want to get this pool from you. But if, if you were us, is there anybody else that you would recommend in our area, right? So one night I was in Richmond, Virginia, and somebody said, is there anybody else you'd recommend, Marcus? And I said, you know what? They asked me the question, so I need to answer it. So I went home and I wrote this article, who are the best pool builders in Richmond, Virginia, review slash ratings. And I came up with a list of the top five pool builders in Richmond, Virginia. Keeping in mind, I didn't even put myself on the list. But it was understood that I was the guy writing it, right? And so I'm like, you know, people ask us this question. Here's who we would consider the top five. Here's what they specialize in. Here's where they're from. Here's what they do. Here's how long they've been around. Didn't say anything about whether they were, you know, I didn't inject opinions. But now if you research any of our competitors online, we rank for all of our competitors' keyword phrases. And so it's the stuff like that that we did that just made people say, holy cow, and to this day, it's so counterintuitive to the way business was done for 100 years. And it's the ultimate form of transparency and honesty in the workplace. Wonderful. Okay, so let's get into the different stages and the, you know, the time frames that people can expect to see results and what happens in those stages well, the state, you know, people always want to say, if I start a blog, if I really embrace content marketing, how quickly is it going to work? And so um, th it's hard to give a set answer for this. And I, and I, of course, I just wrote an article on this. But the reason why it's hard is because this goes under the assumption, what I'm getting ready to tell you, is that they're actually producing the right type of content. So I've seen a lot of companies that have um, been almost prolific with content, but not not gotten the results that they wanted from a traffic lead sales perspective. The question is why is they, and it always goes back to they're not addressing the questions of their prospects and customers. They're talking about what they want to talk about, not what the consumer wants to talk about. And you know, what businesses want to talk about, frankly, doesn't mean jack. It's, it's, it, the only thing that matters is the way that consumers want to learn, the way that they want to buy, and the businesses that are willing to adjust accordingly. And so let's assume that you are obsessed with the questions that your prospects and customers are asking, and that's the fundamental core of your, your video, your text, content, all that stuff. Well, what you can do is just getting going, all right? Consistently finding a rhythm, hitting publish, whether you're a company of one or a company of, of 1,000, somewhere between one to three months is realistic, okay? One to, one to three months. And that should, that's when it should be happening. You should find rhythm within one to three months. One month if you're a small shop, three months if you're a larger company. Okay? So, and that's just stage one. Stage two is what I call Google realizes you exist. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of websites are either new, especially if it's a blog. It's, uh, for a lot of these people that start blogs by themselves, it's new. Google seriously doesn't recognize your existence or you feel like they don't. Yes. If you're a business and you've got lots of employees and you start this process of content marketing, usually you've had a very static site that, again, it doesn't get love from searchers nor search engines. And so what content does and the constant publishing process does 
is it wakes up search engines to say, oh, wait, I should go back here often. I should index this site much more often. I should probably rank their stuff higher than what I'm currently ranking it, right? It's a respect factor. And so it's, and it sounds like I'm simplifying it, but that's essentially how it works. So assuming that a company is doing content the right way with the right production cycle, and by the way, what is the right? At least two to three pieces a week, okay? That's the minimum that I've that's seen. That's what that's I want to ask. I want yeah. to go back into the into Yeah, the yeah, at least two to, th- two to three a week is the magic number I've seen with all the businesses that we've worked with. And like I said, I've worked with lots of bigs and smalls. That's the minimum standard of mega success, right? Um, And so months two through five, somewhere in between there is when the search engines really start to get you, appreciate you, and searchers as well, of course, is what we're talking about, okay? So that's the initial parts. Now, the next stage is what I call leads, (laughs) finally leads. So we went from month one, um, and the first stage was just hitting publish religiously, okay? Having an editorial calendar sticking with it. The second stage was search engines and searchers finally realize you exist. Third stage is now we start to get leads, people filling out forms, people calling us, all that good jazz. When is that supposed to happen? Well, ideally, if you're doing it the right way, you should absolutely see that somewhere between months three and six. That's when it should happen. So you should be able to start to say, I'm very close to making money or I am making money, months three through six for any company any company at all. I don't care how saturated your industry is. I don't care how much content. doesn't matter. Stage four. Now we're talking about sales and revenue. This is when it gets exciting, and especially if you're using the right type of metrics tools, whether it's a lead lander that's simple, right, or whether it's a HubSpot that's more complex for bi- bigger companies or Marketo or something like that. We need to be able to track sales from the content we produced. I mentioned a minute ago that one article made us over $3 million in sales. I can say that because we can track revenue from the lead back to the original source that brought them to the site. What piece of content was it that brought them to the site? It's important that we credit our content. So when should that happen? Well, for most businesses, companies, assuming all the other factors are going as they should, it's going to happen somewhere between months 4 and 12. Right? So if you're in an extremely saturated industry, a lot of competition, um, you know, it's just tough to crack a nut. It might take you the first year to really, really get going. If you're in a less saturated industry and there's tons of content opportunities and there's not as much competition for keywords from an SEO standpoint, there's not as many thought leaders, you should absolutely be generating sales within four months of your content. Right? And so that's the fourth stage sales and revenue. Finally is stage five, and I call five, the snowball is rolling down the hill. And what I mean by that is now you've got all this momentum, you've got all this success, you've got leads, you've got traffic, you've got sales that are happening. And eventually, if you continue to do this, and if you do not let off the gas, you'll have crested pushing that snowball up the mountain. And now one day you'll push it and it'll roll by itself. That's an exciting day. and It'll continue to grow and grow and grow. That's what happened with my swimming pool company. It happened around um, year two to three. And certainly that can happen with your business as well. You got to be religious. And I would say somewhere between months 18 and 36 is when the snowball should start to roll down the hill and it just grows and grows and, and the magic of momentum takes over. So those are the five stages. I'll repeat them really quick for you. First one is hitting 
um, publish religiously. That's months one through three. Number two is Google realizes you exist, exist searchers and search engines. That's months two through five. Um, we're starting to get leads in stage three. That's months three through six. We have sales and revenue that we're finally able to attribute to the content efforts. That's months four through 12. Again, you might be a 12, you might be a four. And stage five is the snowball is rolling down the hill and everybody's giving each other high fives. Tons of traffic, lead sales, trust, the brand is exploding, all that good jazz, months 18 through 36. That's what I found to be the norms, the averages for all of our clients. Okay, now I have a question here. Um, going back to when you, you start creating content and publishing content, um, what kind of promotion did you do? That depends dramatically on the industry itself. Um, and so, uh, for example, a lot of B2B companies, a lot of B2B businesses, uh, Facebook is, is for the most part, it, it's, it's not effective. Neither is Twitter. They're just not effective. What is effective for a lot of B2B companies is LinkedIn. So you might promote beyond great sound SEO and beyond great uh, content itself, what you're addressing and how you're addressing it, making it consumer-based questions. Uh, to do something targeted with LinkedIn for B2Bs is oftentimes really smart. For a lot of B2Cs, Facebook and Twitter are stronger mediums by which to share your content. All right, that's, that's very, like a restaurant shouldn't be doing LinkedIn targeted ads. That's dumb. Well, I don't want to say it's dumb. It's just not nearly as smart as doing something that might be targeted for Facebook or Twitter ads, right? So that would be the way that I would uh, that would be the way that I would do that. And of course, you know, you got all your internal means. You've got your email list and all that good jazz. And you know, I did a little bit of um, for the, for the sales line. I did get guest posting, but for River Pools, I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't even worry about social media with River Pools because um, it, people still to this day don't do a lot. I mean. We've got articles that have made us millions of dollars that have been shared five, six times on, on social media. So does that mean it wasn't effective? <laughs> it just means that some industries don't share nearly as much as others, and that's fine. And that's why with Riverpools, we said, okay, we're going to be the best teachers in the world when it comes to fiberglass pools. We're going to use text and video. So that meant we're, we had the blog and we had YouTube. That was really it for Riverpools. Right. And what do you do with YouTube? What kind of uh, videos? I'm very same curious. exact same philosophy. Uh, um, you know, we've got yeah. So it's they ask you answer. Mm -hmm. We don't over like especially at the beginning they were super rustic. You know, I was just like, hey, I'd rather publish something that's a seven out of ten or a six out of ten, than wait for a ten out of ten and never get anything out there. And um, you know, a lot of companies think content marketing is like. NASA, it's not it's not launching a spaceship. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and this quest for perfection hinders a lot of people's ability to hit publish often. So yeah, our videos, they were nothing special, but you know, many of them have at least a hundred, two hundred thousand views, and some of them you know, well over that. That's that's wonderful. Um any key takeaways that you would give someone someone listening right now? I would say the one key takeaway is don't overcomplicate what we're talking about. You get questions every single day. You know that if you were getting ready to buy your service, your product, that you would have a set of problems, fears, issues, worries, concerns, etc. Address them on your site. In fact, I would say if, I, if you're a business, I would write down right now, do a brainstorm. Say, what are the seven biggest reasons 
why somebody might not buy from us? Like, what would be their fears? Is it a cost issue? Is it a trust issue? They, they don't think we've been around long enough. Um, what, are the, what are the reasons? Now, once you've written that list of seven down, I want you to sit there and answer this question honestly. Of those seven reasons why people would not buy from us, how many are addressed well on our website right now? And if you're like most companies, you're going to find that one to two have been addressed well and the others have been essentially forgotten. That can happen if you want to be ultra successful online. Yeah, that's completely true. Well, Marcus, uh, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. Um, any place that you want to send people to to stay connected with you and learn more about what it is that you do? Yeah, my man. Well, first and for- foremost, you can check me out at uh, Mad Marketing. Um, that's my uh, podcast, Mad Marketing. And uh, I am at The Sales Lion, L-I-O-N, on the Twitters. And the website is thesaleslion.com. There you have it, guys. Mad Marketing at the sales and the saleslion.com. Go check it out. Marcus, thank you so much for this, man. I appreciate it. Um, I'll catch up on social media. Un placer, amigo. Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> Hasta luego. <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Marcus Sheridan. Everything mentioned on this episode is going to be included in the show notes at rebelgrowth.com forward slash episode 42. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week for another step-by-step growth.